Dana Martin, Jazalyn Ware, Ashanti Carmen, Claire Legato, Malaysia Booker, Michelle Tamika Washington, Paris Cameron, Chanel Lindsay, Chanel Skurlock, Johanna Medina Leon, Zoe Spears, Brooklyn Lindsay, Denali Berries Stuckey, Tracy Single, Kiki Van Troy, Bubba Walker, Pebbles Ladime Doe, Bailey Reeves, B. Love Slater, Jaleha Jamar, Italy Marlowe, and Brena B.B. Hill. It's important to say their names, to acknowledge them, to speak them back into existence. These names, all women, all with family and friends who cared deeply about them, who loved them, all trans women, all trans women of color, all the targets of senseless violence in the year 2019, all of who died as a result. This podcast is for them. It is not for the perpetrators of this horrific violence. It is not for the members of law enforcement who have harassed or ignored these women's deaths. It is not for the state legislators who refuse to reform hate crime laws to include gender identity as a protected class. It is for the greater than 20 transgender women of color who have been murdered every year since 2015. Knowing who these women were, how representative their stories are of a much larger issue, and the much larger structural inequalities and obstacles that stand in the way of reform. Yahira Nesby, 33 years old. Her loved ones called her Yaya. Born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, but later residing in Brooklyn, she was a loved member of the New York ball scene, a member of the esteemed House of Chanel. Her friends and family knew Yahira as a good spirit, genuinely good people, always putting a smile on the face of those around her. She was deeply religious. She'd share her faith often on her social media profiles. But on December 19th of 2019, Yahira Nesby was found dead in her home. The cause of death? Many fatal gun wounds. The perpetrator? Never charged. Why? He was never found. Yahira Nesby's story is sadly not unique. 
81% of targets of anti-transgender fatal violence since 2013 were transgender women of color. 75%, three-fourths of those targets were under the age of 35. Since 2013, nearly two-thirds of transgender or gender non-conforming targets of fatal violence involved the use of a firearm. However prevalent, only 62% of fatal anti-transgender violence results in an arrest. Dana Martin, 31 years old, loved by so many. Described as a private, sweet person who everyone seemed to like. She didn't bother anyone and was easy to get along with. Well known in the transgender community of Birmingham and Montgomery, Alabama, many members of local advocacy groups knew of her and ended up identifying her for the police. Dana Martin was found shot to death in her vehicle. She was the first documented case of fatal anti-transgender violence in 2019. However, the police did not identify her as a female, as her identity was, quote, not relevant to their investigation until it could be determined that she was killed because of it. That investigation is still allegedly ongoing, but not as a hate crime investigation. The South holds some scary prospects for trans women of color. Nearly 58% of anti-trans violence is committed in the southern region of the United States. As of October 2019, only 20 of 50 states had transgender or gender non-conforming people as protected classes in hate crime statutes. The South being most of the 30, and that did it. This is up against the 82% of targets of this violence who reside in those other 30 states, where they are not protected under these statutes. Only 6% of all cases of anti-transgender violence have been investigated as hate crimes since 2013. 6%. Further, like Dana, 80% of targets of anti-transgender violence are misgendered by media and law enforcement. It was never released to the public that Dana Martin was a woman until local advocacy groups stepped in and made certain that it was. Well, not only is this incorrect, but it's disrespectful to the memory and the legacy of these women whose lives were taken away from them. 
States like Alabama have laws that prevent changes in gender identity based on procedural hoops to jump through and formalities and documentation, so often law enforcement will use a driver's license to identify. And that's it. You see, that prohibits proper investigations and accurate data collection. A second injustice forms every time a target of fatal anti-transgender violence is misgendered. Malaysia Booker, 22 years old, an out and proud trans woman of color from Dallas, Texas. Described as the type of person who can instantly brighten your day. She was infectious, a beacon for other trans women who admire her, a motivator for those to become visible, to be comfortable with being themselves. But Malaysia's visibility prompted perpetrators to escalate a fender bender into a horrifying assault with a forming crowd cheering her assailants on. Even though she was somehow able to survive that vicious attack, Malaysia never saw justice. Only weeks later, she was shot to death. In so many transgender women of color's cases, their intersectionality of identities, what should be celebrated as beautiful, has been used against them as it pertains to the violence they become the targets of. With every courageous, relieving decision to become or remain visible, there's a chance she becomes a target. The intersections of racism, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia in combination with the accessibility of guns and firearms in the United States, has certainly taken its toll on the American community of trans women of color. This toll is very rarely met with justice. The American Medical Association has issued this anti-transgender violence an epidemic. And an epidemic it will continue to be if communities local law enforcement agencies, the mainstream media, lawmakers, and advocates cannot band together and institute change. The only way to start is to recognize and to acknowledge, to speak them back into existence.